and welcome back to the My Everyday Chaos podcast, a podcast for women looking for God's voice and biblical focus in the face of daily distraction. I'm your host, Alexandra Goman, and I am so excited about today's episode. We are starting something new on My Everyday Chaos, where for the next three weeks, we are starting a series on women of the Bible. Up till now, our our podcast episodes have mostly been topical and kind of just about different subjects that God's been putting on my heart or our interviewees' hearts. But for the next three weeks, we're going to try something a little different and really focus on characters of the Bible. So I hope that you tune back in with us for the next couple of weeks as we continue this series. We're going to be talking about Hannah today. We'll be talking about Mary, mother of Jesus, and then we'll be ending the series talking about Ruth. And then I have some incredible interviews already lined up for you guys. I'm so excited to share these women's insights with you. It's going to be incredible, but I can't wait to dive into this special series about women of the Bible. So if you're doing your dishes right now, or you're in the car, or you're at work, I hope that this episode gives you a little bit of insight into some of the women that God has worked on, that he has inspired in his scripture, and I hope that we can learn a little something from them today. We will be reading a little bit more than usual today, so if you have a free hand and can grab your Bible, you might want to follow along with us, and let's dive into the story of Hannah, who teaches us how to pray even when life hurts. 1 Samuel 1 in verse 2, it's talking about Elkanah, and it says, He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Panina. Panina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrificed to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Panina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and wouldn't eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting in his chair by the doorpost of the house of the Lord. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. 
I was pouring out my heart, my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went on her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Oh, goodness. This story makes me so emotional. We see such a journey of Hannah in this little snapshot of her life. We see her in the beginning of the story provoked by a rival wife, provoked because she can't get pregnant. We see her infertile infertile and barren and struggling to find worth and value. We see her being misjudged by her own husband who's like, don't you even love me and doesn't that matter to you? God bless Elkanah, he did not get it. We see her misjudged by the priest who thought she was drunk. And we see her struggling and in the throes of ongoing, never-ending grief. The silent kind. The kind that nobody can really recognize or fully see. But the grief that is ever-present. And then we see this incredible prayer that she prays. We see her, as she says, pouring out her soul to the Lord. We see her in her lowest of lows. And then we see God answer her prayer. I think when I look at this story of Hannah, honestly, it just brings back so many memories of times that I've read this story that it meant something to me. I can remember reading this story in college and being so blown away by Hannah's vulnerability in her prayer. I remember being moved by the fact that it says her face was no longer downcast. I remember being so just stunned by this woman's ability to pour out her heart to God, which for me as a college student dealing with heartbreak and a boy who hurt my who hurt my pride, I remember feeling like, wow, I have so much to learn from Hannah's example. I remember going through infertility and clinging to this story, clinging to Hannah's life, clinging to her prayer here. I remember even hearing our our church going over this on Wednesday nights for a midweek service. And I remember having to sit in the back because I didn't want to see, I didn't want everyone else to see me crying and weeping about this story. I and now the words even that that she says here in verse 20, because I asked the Lord for him, I have um another translation of that verse hanging over my daughter's crib and reminding me that God answered my prayers for my babies and for my daughter. The story of Hannah is a story of deep heartache, of vulnerability and prayer, but it's also the story of answered prayers and victory. I think The idea of praying when life hurts. Oftentimes, you know, people talk about how 
it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, like, some people only go to God when life is hard or during times of trouble. And I think we all know that feeling, right? Like, you are in a test and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to do well. And so you're you're praying in a panicked way. Or, oh no, you see those sirens going by and you know that you are speeding and you're terrified that you might get pulled over. That's definitely a, oh dear Lord, please, panicked. I'm, I'm scared. I, I need you to come through for me. But to be honest, for me, praying when life hurts, yes, it is the time that I pray, but it can also be a time that's hard, I think, for some of us to pray and approach God. When I went through counseling uh, for infertility, I remember sharing, and I've shared this some of this before on the podcast, but I remember sharing with my counselor just about the challenges that I was dealing with, and, and she asked me, if I meditated. And she wasn't a Christian counselor, but I remember her asking me about if I meditated, if I kind of had any sort of mindfulness techniques. And, you know, I thought about it for a minute and I said, well, I pray. And, um, and she asked me about my prayer life. And I said, well, I pray. I said, to be honest with you, though, it's really hard for me to want to pray when I'm going through all of this sometimes. Sometimes I can feel like I want to avoid prayer because it makes me so emotional. And she asked me, well, how do you usually feel after you're done praying? And I said, well, I think I almost always feel so much better. And she said, well, it sounds like you need to make the time to pray. It sounds like you need to dig into that practice. And I remember feeling immediately so convicted, like, oh man, this woman's not even a Christian and she's convicting me about my prayer life right now. But I thought about Hannah and how when Hannah was at her lowest, she leaned into prayer. I think about how she she wasn't afraid to go to God's house and tell her, tell him how she was feeling. I think about how that would have probably been so unusual for a woman to feel like God cared that much about her at the time. But Hannah was confident in approaching God and she humbled herself and she poured out her heart. She she didn't care how she looked to Eli. She didn't care that she looked crazy. She didn't care that it was probably one of those snot bubble, absolutely out of control prayers. She just prayed with everything that she had inside of her. She let it all out. And I think about this prayer, but to be honest with you, I'm almost more struck by the fact of how she ended the prayer. Did you catch it? It says that at the end of the prayer, after Eli kind of talks with her, you know, he he says, I hope that God grants your prayer. And then she says, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. I'm always struck by this because Hannah prayed until she was at peace with God. She prayed until she was resolved. That is a hard thing to do when you're going through grief. I know for me, so many times I can, I can stop short of being fully at peace at the end of my prayers. 
And I think that Hannah demonstrates an incredible example to us of really praying to the point of surrender and leaving things with God and trusting him and his plan of giving her life, giving her dreams, giving her hopes and her fears and everything, laying them at the feet of God and then trusting that he will take care of them in his own time, in his own way. She prayed even when life hurt. You know, if you're struggling like me today at times to really lay everything out and leave things at God's feet even when life hurts, I want to encourage you to have a Hannah prayer. Something that I do that's really practical that someone taught me years ago is when I feel like I have a lot in my heart and I don't know how to surrender it. This is literally what I do. I draw a heart in my notebook, my prayer journal, and I start writing down everything that's on my heart. And it could be from little things like my finances. It could be big things like for me for so many years it was infertility and wanting a baby. Now it is an illness of a loved one that I've mentioned over and over on this podcast. But that's something that I always have on my heart and that I always am trying to leave in God's hands. Sometimes it's the uncertainty of my future and what's going to happen. Sometimes it's a conflict with someone. But whatever it is, whatever is on my heart, I write it all down. Usually it's about five things, right, that are on my heart. And I start praying through each thing. And I'm not allowed to cross it off of my heart until I've fully surrendered it to God. And bit by bit, I start crossing thing after thing off as I'm praying about it. And sometimes I'll come to one thing and I'll go, oh, I'm not ready to surrender that yet. I can't cross it off yet. And I'll move on to the next thing and I'll cross that off. But I don't get up from the prayer until the entire heart is crossed out all the things that are on my heart and at the top of it when I'm finished I'll write God's heart because I'm trying to remind myself that I just gave everything on my heart over to God's hands and they're now resting in his heart and this isn't a practice that I can do every day because it often takes me a while. I actually did it today and it was so helpful and healing. And every time I walk away feeling like, wow, I am so glad that these things are not under my power or my control anymore. They are in my God's hands. He is powerful. He is capable. And so I want to encourage you this week, if you're going through hard things as we all are, if you're feeling like life is hurting or maybe you just feel stressed and anxious, pull out your prayer journal, draw a heart, write it down, and like Hannah, pour out your heart to God. Even if it's ugly, even if it's a snot bubble prayer, even if your neighbors and your roommates and your spouse think you're crazy, Pour it all out to God. Leave it in His faithful hands. Praying even when life hurts. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll be back next week talking about Mary and and then in weeks to follow about uh, Ruth and then back with interviews. So please make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. I 
can't wait to keep growing with you on next week's episode. Thanks so much for joining us.